Hello and welcome to the Dear Patriarchy podcast. My name's Lisa. And I'm Jennifer. Oh my gosh, here we are again. I think I say that every time. Yeah. This one is one that I'm super duper excited about. When Jenny mentioned doing it, Jenny, who, by the way, is my sister, I think we should make that really clear. Sisters. We belong to each other. Um, Boys Club, Jenny. Yep. Boys Club, all day, every day. Can't stop, Mm -hmm. won't stop. So, Working Woman versus the Boys Club. Yeah, or Boys Club versus the Working Woman. Yeah, is that our naming convention? I think that's what we'll always do because we're creatures of habit. You are. But I'm kind of just a smash and grab. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's what you are. <laughs> and that's why I love you. Um, so this one is is super timely for me. I feel like Boys Club, because I, I work in construction. I'm a senior project manager in construction in the UK. And the Boys Club is so prevalent in construction it's prevalent in, it doesn't have to be in a male dominated um, industry. Boys club can happen pretty much anywhere. Mm. And Jenny, I know you've had some pretty fantastic run-ins with it as well. I have. But boys club, like feminism, like patriarchy, like so many things that we have discussed and will discuss is a phrase that gets bandied about. And it's really important to know what we're talking about. So if you look in the Oxford English Dictionary for Boys Club, you will find an institution or profession dominated by men, especially affluent men, that's in parentheses, and considered to exclude women, ethnic minorities, or those of low social standing. Now, I am going to put... Dig rabbit ears, but you know what I mean. (laughs) The quotes around low social standing, right? So that's a perceived low social standing. Right. They've decided. They've decided that you're of low social standing. I would also argue and say the LGBTQIA community would also be excluded from this affluent boys club. 100%. So it would be any... Marginalized. Mm -hmm. Any marginalized group is going to not be part of the boys club. And it can look like informal social networks of male friendships, right? But what they do is they promote Mm. from within and they provide networking and mentoring opportunities that they will not provide to anyone who isn't part of their club. And because in general, they rely on a degree of sexist humor and objectification for themselves to make friends with each other. Women are rarely admitted. Anyone from a marginalized community Mm -hmm. is is not going to be admitted either because... So... Yeah. Yep, keep going. No, no, no it's no, just, no. it's that it's that affluent white men's club. But the, boys thing, club. the thing that I've been thinking through mulling over, if you will. I love um, mulling over. It reminds me of Christmas. <laughs> I want to do mulled wine, but no one in my house likes the flavors of that. So I would have to drink it all myself, which is You've totally not. You've never had an issue with that, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's stopping you now, but okay. <laughs> all right. Never mind. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. There <laughs> are no problems. Um, all right. <laughs> Anyway, I feel like this starts so early. It's the locker room talk. It's like the way, it's the culture that we raise our boys in. Yep. It's just very interesting that it kind of carries through. So not to play devil advocate because I don't like that bullshit. But if we are going to raise our boys in a certain way to feel comfortable, like the the boys that fit in, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm talking like clearly within the privileged group. We have to start way earlier. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that friendships or fraternity among boys is bad. No, it, but I think that there is that we give leeway to boys, like the boys with, will be boys. That whole thing. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into all of this, but just in thinking through it, 
I could understand how someone who is triggered by this conversation or triggered by the notion of boys club. And I know we'll get to all of this, but I just want to say like, if you're, if you're triggered by that, like we understand that that fraternity among men and boys is not bad because men need each other to build each other up and to grow into good men. But there is a malevolent or privileged thread that runs through this fraternity and that's kind of the vein that we're getting at here. Well, it's Jenny, it's that influence of the patriarchy, right? Right. The way that the patriarchy influences men to behave with each other. And the patriarchy is only a small portion of a man, but it is a part of a man. When you apply that patriarchal construct in a corporate environment, which again, like we talked about, was a micro is a microcosm of the social construct anyway. And then you have men who are privileged who are disproportionately in power, they control the power structure and they construct the power structure to ensure that a certain kind of person always rises to the top. And that is always going to be someone who is one of them. Right. They're one of their boys. Yeah. Part of the boys club. Whether it is consciously or subconsciously. Mm. We have a close friend who says sometimes white men are under attack right now. Oh, yeah. I mean... But that's part of this, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's fucking bullshit because, like, when someone who has privilege faces equality, they feel repressed. Yeah. Suppressed. Yeah. Equality feels like oppression. That's... that's Yeah. yeah. To someone who's always had a disproportionate amount of power. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that. I mean, I I guess the thing to say is this is an offshoot of the patriarchy. We know that, right? this is the patriarchy. Yeah. It's a symptom of it. But don't you think boys club is the patriarchy? Yeah, it is. But the that patriarchal construct, it creates environments where this kind of thing is allowed to happen. You don't question it, right? Right. Okay. So boys club tends to operate within traditionally, quote unquote, male spaces like golf courses, sporting events, country clubs, which is more of a thing in the US. And even things like saunas or strip clubs, right? So places where women are not likely to be invited. And if they are invited, they're not expected to accept I mean, if they're going, if they do go, they're like an accessory. They're an accessory to the event. But what I wanted to say was I found a great website called In Her Sight that did a fantastic survey in June of 2019. And they found that 54% of women that they spoke to had worked at a company with a boys club culture. 35% said they'd missed out on a professional opportunity because the conversation took place during an out-of-office activity. Mm. 37% said they'd been passed over for a promotion because of their gender. A fucking course. And I think that number is probably higher, but there's a lot of women saying. Yeah, yeah. Thinking like gaslighting themselves, thinking, no, of course not. They would never do that. They absolutely would. And they definitely did it too. That's just me. I'm wrong. I'm being crazy. Oh, so so dumb. 49% said they had discovered that a subordinate male colleague made more money than they did. Like those numbers blow my mind. And I don't know why they blow my mind. I think it's the seeing that in front of you and knowing that this weird sneaking suspicion that you've had, that I've had, speaking from a personal perspective, this has been happening to me. I have been watching it happen for years, for over a decade. And I have been told consistently, you have a chip on your shoulder. You always make it about being a woman. Just try and be like one of the guys. 
Don't get so sensitive. Why are you, why are you always angry? These are the things that get said to me when I. People have said these things to you. All of those things have been said to me, not once, not twice, but thrice and potentially even more. But I had to throw the thrice in because I never get to say that. I mean, it's one of those words, right? Like penultimate. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, so all of those things have happened to me, continue to happen to me, like literally just happened to me last week. I just, I just, I mean, I appreciate you saying that you're sorry, but I just want women who listen to this and men who listen to this, because I know there's a few and we really appreciate that (laughs) because we know he's a little bit heavy. Um, I just want the people listening to it to recognize it. It's like the patriarchy thing that we said. Once you see it, once you know it's there, you can't unsee it. And seeing it and understanding that it's there is the first step to changing it. Because it's too easy to listen to a woman talk and think she's being hyper-emotional or manipulative. So many different things that women get painted with this broad brush of crazy and so many different anachronisms that don't fit, that aren't right, and that aren't fair. I'm sorry, I just have to stop you right there because I am curious as to what the word anachronism means. (laughs) It means a thing that that doesn't belong to the period in which it exists, right? So something that's conspicuously old-fashioned. Yeah. Do you think it could be futuristic as well? If someone like wanted... No, it needs to be old-fashioned. So it needs to be (laughs) outmoded. (laughs) Jesus. I am from the future. I am an anachronism. <laughs> Absolutely not. Does not fit at all. But good try. I love that you Sorry. tried. To, I love that you tried to go there. Um, I've totally lost my way now. But what I would say is that um, there's always time for robots. <laughs> One. Fucking outer space. And number two, because that's important to say. I just want everyone yes. to know that we're pro-robot. Probots. So, so, <laughs> so um, But what I wanted to do is I wanted to run through some signs that your company has a boys club problem or potentially oh, might have one. So you can wow. spot it. Yeah. So the first one is the male to female ratio will be off. Right. Mm-hmm. So we know that. Especially in the leadership team. 100%. If your company is failing to recruit qualified women, it's not because there aren't women out there. Right. We, yeah. we talked about the CEO of Wells Fargo and what he said um, previously. Yeah. It is not because people exist. It don't exist. It's because you are not looking for that or your recruitment you policies care. are not diverse enough. Right. Mm-hmm. So a boys club mentality places very little value on diverse recruitment, which bites them in the ass, by the way. We're going to get to that at the end when I talk about why you should want to do that, because there is financial commercial basis for abolishing, getting rid of, stripping away that boys club mentality. It does nothing but hold a company back. But I will prove that later. You have to pay attention to that because I, when I was in my kind of more junior years of the work that I do, I had to hire a <clears throat> an assistant for one of our executives and a junior admin that was underneath me and I were like kind of looking through resumes and stuff. And like, as we like looked at their LinkedIn, we didn't even have to say it. Both of us knew that there were certain people that he wouldn't even want to talk to because of how they looked. That's awful. And neither of us said a thing. And I think about that all the time. Okay. Anyway. Do better in future. Everyone has no, to do 100%, better in future. But I yeah. think that sometimes the patriarchy and the boys club culture and all of that gets so ingrained in you that you don't even realize yeah. at the time 
like things might feel weird, but you don't even realize in the time that you are actually just perpetuating this fucking bad behavior. Yeah. But let's learn to see it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yes. You have to be more awake. Hence the list. Read the list. Well, I just read the first one, which is the male to female ratio is off, right? The second one, the organizational chart doesn't make sense. So if the leadership team lacked diversity and everyone complained and the company leaders diversified it, but then shortly after that, they created a a senior leadership team composed of all men of the same race and similar backgrounds. That is boys club as well. I'm not sure I follow that. So people in the company say there's no diversity on the leadership team and the company leaders go, right? No, you're right. Absolutely. So they create a really diverse leadership team, but then they create a senior leadership team over that team. Yes. Yes. And it's all boys club. Yeah. Mm. Men of the same race and similar backgrounds. So it's sort of like a puppet intermediary leadership team with the senior leadership team still in control. So that's a, that's a really good, a really good sign. And the next one is you don't know where the water cooler is. The water cooler thing is a very American thing to say, but it's basically where people hang out and chat to each other and engage socially with each other. So because boys club is rooted in social engagement at sporting events or activities or country clubs or wherever, other these, these exclusive gatherings, this is where men develop strategies to resolve workplace problems. So if you're not invited, you're missing out on key opportunities to advance. And that is very boys club. The women in your office are relegated to quote unquote woman duties. So women get tasked with domestic duties or get called like the office mother and they get told, oh, you do it because you're good at it. You're good at that nurturing thing. You're good at that caring thing, right? So you have to pay really close attention to how men label women in their workplace. So when you start to say to a woman, I need you to take on these nurturing duties. I need to take on this domestic duty in the workplace. And it is absolutely not part of your remit you you got a boys club situation on on your hands <coughs> sorry that's okay how dare you and then uh things are the way they are for no good reason so you might find that you have to do things that don't necessarily help the business and when you question why they have to happen oh. no one no one can explain why why it has to happen it just is the way it is mm. and you might find that men are applauded for simply doing their jobs And that your male colleagues, this is one that really, really pisses me off because it's such a, for me, it hits deep. Your male colleagues have more say in big decisions than you do, even though you perform the same job. And be wary of systems, policies, and practices that no one can or cares to explain. (sighs) There is nothing worse than sitting around a table in a team meeting or whatever, talking about a specific project or some new initiative, and you are saying what you feel to be true. And there's either mansplaining that takes takes place or heat-eating that takes place. Somehow or another, your words from your woman mouth are not of the same, don't carry the same weight right. and are not of interest because they came from a woman mouth, not from a man mouth. Oh, that is man. so real. And it happens all of the time. It happens all of the time to me. Yep. So in construction, it happens. I can tell you without a doubt, it happens in tech 100%. Yeah. And then also, I was just speaking to one of my dearest, closest friends, and she is a teacher. And she was just saying that in meetings, she will say something. And seconds later, like a male colleague will just repeat what she said. 
Now, teaching's a funny one. That's such a funny one. Because teaching, especially like in, in grade school or, I mean, definitely anything younger than college university level mm-hmm. is is really dominated by women but she is part of a specialized oh right project yikes so, yeah so, so there's means man okay i just want to tag back on to like uh the maternal duties or like yeah or whatever yeah, yeah i think also i'm not sure if this is part of your list and i hope i'm not derailing you but there's also sometimes where you as a woman you're asked to take on more work yes like as the office mom like oh can you just do this for them until we find a replacement and then like which you would never ask a man to do right yes of course there are so many situations so many different corporate locations where i've been where there's been a woman that's taken on so much and she's just like killing herself to get all this work done and she's doing like the jobs of two or three different people with no promotion like she's been doing it for years with no promotion like oh it's always just been melissa she'll just she just does that thing yes and i feel like i love that you said that i love that you said that because there was actually a study on this yeah there was a study there's been surveys done on it just in an academic setting Female academics spend, on average, 0.6 hours more per week than men on admin. And, oh, sorry, women re- reported performing three more admin activities per year than men. Wow. So what's going on is a mixture of things. Women, yes, get asked by their line managers or whoever to take on admin duties, even though they're not part of their official work remit. And colleagues, male colleagues, ask women to help them with things because, again quotes they're better at it oh it's so easy for you you know how to do it i'm so i don't know how to do it you do it i don't know if i hate that more because it happens or because i know that i've fallen for that before you hate both of it you hate all of it and it's okay to hate all of it because it's happened to me too so i love that you brought that up my gosh it's such a good survey and that's just in that's just in academia it happens um, even more prolifically in the corporate environment. Oh, 100%. I would say, yeah, academia is definitely more, would almost be more tame than the corporate sector. I don't know. No, well, they tend to work in more isolation in academia because they they work within their relevant fields and within their relevant sort of niche areas. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Were you done with the nurturing thing? Because I wanted to talk about maternity and paternity leave. Okay, so when maternity and paternity leave policies are awful, insufficient maternity leave policies reflect leaders with little regard for women and their well-being. So insufficient paternity leave policies underline a company's view on how involved their men, quotes, should be in the nurturing aspect of both childbirth and childcare. Mm-hmm. Those are all, I know that maternity and paternity leave is not great in the US anyway. No. But there is a reason for that, right? Right. Because you're dealing with a far more entrenched patriarchal construct. Right. I feel. 100%. Um, no, and it, we're definitely going to do a whole episode on this. So, like, just on, like, motherhood versus the working Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot I mean, to that, talk there's about. There's so much there. No, our our maternity and paternity, paternity leave, there's, it's almost non-existent. I mean, yes. And arguably, like, a lot of people feel like three months is a really long time for someone to be able to get time off because that's kind of how it's viewed here. Mm-hmm. Um, for having a baby so three months is nothing but right. yeah okay well you come from a more civilized place arguably we act like we give a three-month maternity leave but it's really at a very low portion of your salary yeah and that is only for large companies and it's not even through your employer it's through fmla which is fuck my life medical passwords 
Ass face. <laughs> Fuck my life, ass face. <laughs> oh, Sorry. No. I should know. I should look it up. No, I'm not going to look it up. Sorry I, don't care. I don't care what it's called because it's some fucking government bullshit that you have to apply for. And oftentimes it doesn't even get paid until you're three months into this kid and you have to go back to work still bleeding yeah. too much. I'm sorry, but like, it's really ridiculous. There is a level of resentment from coworkers or from management. And they're, they're afforded that by the way the patriarchy in the U.S. treats maternity leave. Treats women. Right. Because it's about women. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're not valued and then you get what they deem to be time off mm-hmm. to go and have a, a child and then you come back afterwards it's like how dare you like if you're gonna go go don't come back and certainly don't talk about, about it apple pie and motherhood yeah it's in the okay. book as well okay um if you want to know more about it buy the book buy the book in the future <laughs> uh, with the robots <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, it's called a callback. Ooh. So the, the boys club doesn't know how to engage talented women, right? They're threatened by talented women and it is easier to keep them at arm's length away from where important decisions are made. And if you challenge the way boys club runs an environment, corporate environment, you are labeled as someone who's difficult, someone who rubs people up the wrong way. That's if you're a woman, right? If you're a man... Mm -hmm. You get applauded as a strong leader, someone who's honest, always knows where they stand, has a great drive for business, has a great head for business, right? Doesn't take any shit. Right. But as a woman, you get told, you know, you need to get along with your team. You need to get along with your male colleagues. You need to make them feel important as part of the team. And you need to show your vulnerability. You can't just be this ball-busting mm-hmm. bitch all the time, but the second you bu- you display any vulnerabilities in this environment, you're told that you're too emotional, right? You can't be dependent on you're not strong enough. So you're fucked either way, basically. I have, I have a fantastic sort of story that streamlines along with this because there's the next kind of points are if you come up with ideas, they get scrutinized intensely because even though you've created something or come up with something or figured something out, really worked hard on something, there has to be something that you haven't considered. That's a very boys club mentality, right? Well, you haven't thought of this. You, there's something that you won't have thought of. I remember I worked on a project, the biggest project my company that I work for now had ever had. And worked about six months with a fantastic team of managers, all of us working together to find a solution, a methodology for basically infilling a a nine-story atrium in a in a huge building, being cost efficient and being time efficient. And we spent six months doing this and a new director came on. And so the, the first thing that he made his mission to do was to heavily scrutinize everything that my team and I had created, our methodologies and the design calculations that go into the way that everything had been run through from a structural perspective. There's a lot of work, obviously six months of work on anything is, is a lot of work. And this went on for weeks. And in the background was consistently running me down to the leadership team as well. Cut me off completely from speaking to the leadership team so that I couldn't vouch for myself. I couldn't stand up for myself. I couldn't even hear what was being sort of levied against me. And I became more isolated and it felt very much like our team that had been this fantastic group that I had worked really hard to pick all of the managers to make sure that their strengths balance their weaknesses because everybody has those. 
So a team that had taken me, you know, six to eight months to handpick and to train and to get used to the site, they slowly got beaten down just as I was getting beaten down, feeling isolated and feeling like everything they did was wrong. And it ends up making you feel so disillusioned and disengaging you so much that you kind of just think, I, I don't even know why I do this. I don't know why I do this job. I can't be good at this job, but you know that you are. But this is what a concentration of boys club does, is it totally pulls you off your path. And, you know, you've got that attack. And then you've also got other sort of the more standard attacks of being called darling or love. That's more over here, obviously, babe. Or, you know, someone having a couple of drinks at a night out and telling you like, oh, you're really sexy and trying to touch you or asking about your marital status or just being totally inappropriate. Or something like filling you in on all the details of their open marriage. Yeah, which you definitely want to know. God, that's so disgusting. Right, because it's disgusting. they just like to flirt and want to tell you all about it. And and at the end of the day, if you if you say anything about this, if you react to it, you're not having fun. Why aren't you? We're just all having fun. Why do you have mm-hmm. to be such a bitch? Why do you have to? Why are you so negative all the time? Get all that kind of stuff. Why do you have such a chip on your shoulder? Why can't you take a compliment? Yeah. I remember sitting in a meeting when I was a younger project manager and one of the clients team, he just didn't want to speak to me. So he would direct, if I asked him a question, he would direct his answer to the man sitting next to me. And if he needed to ask, and if he needed to ask me a question, he would ask the man next to me and I would then answer. And after the meeting, one of the subcontractors came up to me and said, I don't know how you got through that. That was awful. And he said, why didn't you stand up for yourself? And I, at the time I said, look, he doesn't like me and he probably doesn't like women, but I have to get this project done. And however I need to get the information, I will get it. But when I started to say to the subcontractor, you know, this happens to me a lot and it's something that happens to women in this industry. And he said to me, you're, if you want to keep doing this job, you're going to need to lose that chip on your shoulder about being a woman. And I internalized that for a really long time. The Way same too long. The person asked you why you didn't stand up for yourself? Yes. Yeah. Same person. It's that And like, why, why wasn't <laughs> the question back? Like, why didn't you fucking say something? Yes. And there is a, there is a really big need for men to speak up about this as a, as a woman, as a working woman who has kids, I know how it feels to be looked at as someone who's not reliable. I can work in the morning. I can work while my son is at school. I can work when I pick him up and I can put him in front of an iPad and not pay attention to him until he falls asleep and then work after that and work that weekend and work into the night. And I still will not be seen as someone who can be relied on. And no one, no one cares about my success. When I was running that project, no one in my company, my, like the marketing, the PR team did not make a big deal about it. They did not post about it. They didn't make it a big deal that it was that in the commercial team, there was a senior woman in the design team. There was a senior woman like that. That was already in place when I got there. But then for me to be there as a senior PM, that was a really big deal. And it was something that should have been made a big deal. And it wasn't because it didn't matter to my company because my, my company is boys club, like through and through, and they're not interested in women's success. And they're not interested about how you get to where you've gotten and what makes you different and what makes you special. They don't care about that. Because you're not a white man. And that is what they value. And when you're in that situation constantly, everything erodes. You know, your motivation, your confidence, it all just starts to disappear. And you question everything that you do. You question your decisions. 
and you question what you love, and it's awful. I'm so sorry, honey. Do you take it great? No. Okay. Because this happens all the time, mm -hmm. and I'm tired of women being told by men that it's not happening, yeah. and that there isn't a boys' club. Because it's everywhere and it's keeping you away from your kids and it's making you work harder than you need to and yet still feel like you're not good enough. Right. That's the thing about how the mind game of this plays out, right? It doesn't make you mad at other people. It makes you question yes. whether or not you know what you're even talking about. Are you good enough? Mm -hmm. Do you have what you need? All these other men must be so much better than you. How did they get so much better than you? And obviously if they're making more than you, they like have a better resume. Yeah. Like, you're not privy to that. No. So all that just to say, it's, you're not crazy. <laughs> I know we say that a lot, but this is what it is. Sorry. It's, so it's okay. It's, you shouldn't be sorry. The last thing that needs to happen is for a woman to be sorry about a boys club, <laughs> you know? Like that's one that's more how, thing. That's what we do though, right? We apologize yeah. for everyone. I know. I, I appreciate where your stories come from because you wanna you wanna change it. But it it's important. It's important to talk about and it's important to recognize it. And I really hope that if you as a woman have seen this, have felt this, and you have questioned it and someone's told you, No, everyone's equal. No, everyone's the same. They aren't the same. It isn't equal. And what you're feeling and what you're recognizing is happening and it's and it has to stop. So, I mean, I guess, how do you stop it, right? How do you stop it? Do you have five reasons? How, I don't. I have three. I have okay. three. But the first one is, you know, create your own network. Because statistically speaking, women are more likely to be promoted by other women, not by men. It's just the way mm -hmm. it is. So as much as networking fills me with dread, and I hate it, yeah, it just makes me sick having to stand in a room full of people I don't know and put myself out there. That is, that's very hard for me. But, if it was like a women-only networking. Yeah, I've done that. I've gone to those. And they are just, I f I'm <laughs> I'm an extroverted introvert. So things like that, just, Jenny, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I, I, I don't know. I it destroys me. <laughs> it destroys me. <laughs> I mean, I could barely get out of the house to like have dinner. I mean, that's kids, Jen. That's not. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> that's not that. But, I mean, okay, so just to say, by creating, when women create their own networks, they can put people in power who offer promotions from within a company. It narrows that disparity between promotions actually happening for women and it creates long-term change alongside short-term benefits. So I, mean, I guess I'd say the only bad thing about that is that you have to just keep an eye on things like clickiness, which can happen yep. quite easily with women. We talked about it in the last episode, you know, women get threatened well, we by other women. Shit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then promoting yourself, right? Women who highlight their achievements advanced farther and they were more satisfied with their careers and they had greater compensation than women who didn't toot their own tutors, you know? Mm. Like, check me out. I know how to do this. Did you know that? But unfortunately, that strategy is also considered unladylike. And yep. you do get penalized for that, penalized, mm -hmm. penalized for it in the workplace. Mm -hmm. She's so full of herself. She's not confident. She's well, conceited. Here's the thing. We are, we talked about this like throughout the our conversations about the patriarchy. Like when women are successful, when women are leaders, when women are confident, it's like it's um, intimidating and scary. And like women that are assertive are seen as 
there's a lot of negative connotation about that. Yes. That's a very fine line to say like, Hey, the women that talk about their success when that's not, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a, there's a really fine line there and it's so shitty that women even have to like be aware of the fact that there's a fine line there because fuck that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Women, women leaders are consistently told or consistently perceived as talking too much, even when they talk as much as their equal male leaders. Right. Of course, of course. That does not shock me at all. And people don't, and people don't like them. I'm not going to bring up Hillary Clinton because that's like such a different bag of worms. But, but it's there was a tinge of that. Yep. Massively. Mm-hmm. A massive tinge. <laughs> One I mean, of those she just, things. She just rolled her eyes at Trump. I mean, like Biden yeah. said, shut up, man. And he was yeah. like, oh, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa, Grandpa Joe, back to life. Yeah. Um and the last one, high potential women must be sponsored by C-suite executives, most of whom are men. So a smart company appreciates that the scarcity of women in, in the leadership levels is most likely due to um, more of a self-promotion gap than a talent gap, right? So recognizing that they're doing something wrong there rather than there aren't enough women to fill those roles. So they, they, they hold their male executives accountable for aiding women in rising up the ladder. And I think that's amazing. But why why should you care about getting rid of Boys Club? And this is going to be my final bit. <laughs> you, you'll be pleased to know is... No, I like all the bits. Statistically, companies with female representation on boards have higher productivity. A 2018 McKinsey study found that gender diverse executive teams are 21% more likely to experience above average profitability than non-gender diverse executive teams. And a 2014 study by MIT found that moving from single gender teams to one split evenly along gender lines increases revenues by roughly 41%. So why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? Because the patriarchy doesn't allow you to accept that that is a fact. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put these studies (laughs) in the show notes. And the next time anyone claps back at you and tries to make you think that women in leadership, women being represented equally with men in corporate environments does not promote good business, profitability, function, whatever, you can just show them this, send it to them in an email and then tell them to suck it, suck it, Todd. (laughs) Todd from accounts every time. So yeah. Wow. That was, I feel like that was a really um, me heavy episode. No, Sorry about I, that. Sozzles. No, listen, you're in it. So honestly, this is the most valuable that you are to this episode because you're in it. And there are a lot of people that are in this situation. I recently was in it. I'm not in it anymore. And I feel for you and it's shitty and... I think that everything we talked about today is going to be so helpful to people like as they kind of navigate through it because there aren't the resources to be like, Hey, my boss is gaslighting me. He's a super big dick. Like, what do I, what, how do I deal with this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think again, like I haven't really put forward anything to change it because the changing is not an easy thing. Changing, changing any kind of workplace environment, workplace culture is really difficult. And you have to have women in leadership positions, like real leadership positions to, to make those changes happen. I don't know. Part of me feels like this is a, this is a problem by men and they need to figure out how to fix it. Oh, I agree. But I also want to see shitloads of women on leadership teams. So. No, so. absolutely. No, I'm, I'm on board with that too. Yeah. All nine seats, Jenny. So there are nine. So, I mean, I guess that's it from us, unless you wanted to throw, throw any other fireworks into the mix, Jen. Oh, 
sorry. No, I'm good. Okay, so I guess that's us for tonight. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please go to our social yeah. media. Please follow us on social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter we're on. And yeah, spread the word so we can keep going. And we appreciate all the lovely reviews and Congratulations. comments and all the things. Congratulations for getting through Patriarchy 1 and 2. It was a oh, doozy arena. I know it wasn't easy. And there will be more episodes of things that aren't easy to talk about. But starting the conversation is so important. And we love hearing from you guys. And we are sending you love and light. Until next time. Good night. Good night.